Hello, this is Gary Van Warmerdam, and this is the Awareness and Consciousness Podcast from PathwayToHappiness.com. This podcast is on the most important thing. What's the most important thing for your happiness? This is a question I sometimes get asked in things like a radio interview, and I reflect on the answer, and then I think, no, I can do better than that. This is an attempt to better answer that question answer in a way that doesn't usually fit into a 30-second or 60-second soundbite. The most important thing for your happiness is essentially love. It's that expression of love, that expression of emotion. And we, we create emotions. We can create emotions that are based in love or based in fear. If we want to break it down into two categories. If you're expressing emotion, you're generating, creating emotions based in love, you're going to experience joy and laughter and peace and calm and gratitude, acceptance, respect. If you're creating, generating emotions based in fear, you're going to end up with anger and insecurity, fear, jealousy. So it's simply a matter of creating and expressing emotions based in love, and you're going to be happy, happy being an emotional state based in love. That's the simple answer. Of course, if you're in those emotions of fear, having anger reactions, afraid of what other people think of you, insecure, prone to jealousy and control, financial fears, it's going to happen with your job, you're going to lose your house, where are you going to live? whether that's a real predicament or your mind just goes into that imagined scenario, then this whole idea of expressing love seems like a lot of bull. Love is this far-off dream. Might as well be on the other side of the world. It is so far away from where you are emotionally. And so this idea of expressing love, oh, I'll just do that. It's ridiculous for someone in that mental, emotional state. And so it's very difficult to start at this end point. We have to address where we are. And where we are is in this quagmire of emotions, unpleasant emotions. And so we have to address that. And and that's a perfectly understandable way to go. I mean, if we can get rid of this whole conglomeration of unpleasant emotions, these fear-based emotions that we've acquired over our life through our fear-based beliefs or what have you, we can get back to that natural state of love. The less fear-based beliefs and less fearful emotions you have, the more room you have for love in your life, and you can get back to that natural state of emotions that we had as children. Except, as adults, we won't be naive. We'll become wise. So this becomes an emptying out of these belief systems and emotional patterns we've acquired over our life. 
And then we start looking for ways. How do we do this? How do we shed these emotional layers that we've acquired over our life? And so love at that point isn't the most important thing. You could say that the most important thing to do is to be present with your emotions. And as a great advised practice is be present with your emotions. And just by being present with them, uh, they'll change. And so we could say that being present with your emotions is the most important thing. Not love. If you want to become happy, of course, the problem with being present with our emotion is that early on in this process, you know, as we sit with emotion, we try to put our attention on it. You know, our mind runs into stories. Our mind runs into, I shouldn't feel this way. I hate feeling this way. I wish I would stop feeling this way. Or the person we're angry at comes to mind and we want to spew venom at them, even if it's just in the way we imagine our mind dreaming. We get carried away with the stories about our emotions, the commentary about our emotions, why we feel what we feel. So we're not really capable to be present with our emotions because we don't have control over our attention. You know, we get caught up in the dream in our mind, dream in the form of stories and imagery, all the dialogue. And we can end up actually amplifying and exaggerating all the emotions we feel instead of them dissolving. And so while being present with your emotions is intended to dissolve them, what happens when you don't have control over your attention is that you end up amplifying, exaggerating, making things worse emotionally. You end up suffering more because you don't have control over your attention. So you could really say that it's more important to have control over your attention. You need to have control over your attention before you can engage in this practice of being present with your emotions. So that part about being present with your emotion, that being the most important thing, forget I said that. Most important thing, control over your attention. Because you can't be present with your emotions until you have some control over your attention. So that practicing presence, I didn't know what I was talking about. Just forget I said that. It's the attention. It's having control over your attention. Now, it's not enough to have control over your attention because it's not just what you focus on that's important. It's the point of view you focus on it from. Because you can put all your attention on your emotions, but if you're putting it on fear or anger or whatever they are or the belief behind them, but you're putting on from a judgmental point of view, an analytical point of view, um, and there's more commentary. Now you're just making stories about your beliefs. You're making stories about your emotions. And what's really important about what you put your attention on is the point of view that you put your attention on it from. It needs to be from a neutral observer space. so that you aren't adding any more expressions that created more emotions from fear. That you are not in a judgmental point of view. You're not 
in a victim perspective about what's going on. So more important than what you put your attention on in controlling that is, what's your point of view or what I'll call perspective that you're viewing things from? And this can take place in your imagination. Something I introduce people to in session three of the self-mastery series. This idea of perspective, being the observer. And this is a more important starting place than what you put your attention on. So when I was saying the attention is the most important thing, it's more important to start with your point of view, being the observer. That's even more important than the attention. So that attention thing, forget I said that. Uh, the observer part, that's what's more important. That's what I'm trying to say here. Now, of course, to shift your point of view and your perspective to be the observer, you know, that's not something we can do with a snap of our fingers and just say, okay, I'm going to be the observer of what's going on in my mind or my belief system or observer of my emotions. It's an abstract idea. And there's a lot of temptations to slip into and other perspectives that exacerbate fears and emotional reactions. So to avoid all that temptation, what it takes is a lot of willpower. It takes kind of personal willpower to hold our perspective in this state of awareness of the observer and not slip into this destructive paradigms of internal dialogue driven by judgmental and victimizing thoughts. So it's this willpower that we need in order to be the observer so we can put our attention on emotions and be present with them so that we can get to expressing love. So, so it's this willpower that's a fundamental key. We need to have this personal willpower. So this is the most important thing to being an observer, to maintain this observer space, to not fall into temptation of judging and victimizing and, and all these false beliefs. Uh, so that other stuff, you know, just forget I said that, willpower. We need to develop willpower. Of course, where do we develop willpower? Well, that's, you know, our personal power that's invested in all these beliefs in our mind. That's where we've invested our faith, our personal willpower in the form of faith. I mean, it's, it's our willpower in the form of faith, holding up all these ideas running around in our mind, causing us to react emotionally and to all these unconscious beliefs. It's, uh, it's where all this willpower is spent. So what we need to do is get and recover all our willpower in the form of faith from all these false beliefs in our mind and our unconscious beliefs. So we can't really have willpower until we dismantle some of these beliefs. So it's a process of inventorying all these false beliefs that are, we're unconscious of or unaware of. So we need to become aware of, inventory them, and recover our personal power from these unconscious beliefs in our mind so that we can have the strength to maintain our observer state, to control our attention, to be present with our emotions, and then express love so we can be happy. So it's the recovery of willpower that's important. 
more important so in the beginning than actually having willpower is you first have to recover from these false beliefs. So that's what's important. That's what I'm trying to say here. So keep, keep that in mind. That's the most important thing to being happy. Of course, this brings up another problem is how do you, how do you find these fear-based beliefs so that you can recover your willpower? And it's somewhat of a catch-22 because you need to be an observer in order to identify some of these beliefs, step outside them, and step outside the emotional reaction. So you need some willpower to be an observer to identify these beliefs, but you need to maybe start dismantling some of these beliefs so that you have enough willpower to be an observer. Somewhat of a catch-22. This is kind of a skill. So aside from that catch-22 and solving that trick, that's kind of important. But the real process here that's going to change this so you can be happy is the identification of these beliefs and identifying what's false and false about them so that you can recover that personal willpower. And this is a skill. This is a skill to scrutinize what's going on in your mind, to first be aware of what's happening there, where some things that cause us to react emotionally, and then see the underlying workings of it that we may not have noticed before that's really the root cause of our reaction, not the symptom that's the emotion, but the cause of that emotion. What is that belief? And doing that requires some observing, requires some willpower, requires some skillful analysis of what goes on in our mind. It's really a skill. I think of it skill, it's just something you can learn to do. And that brings together this observer aspect and recovering willpowers by changing these false beliefs and controlling your attention. So all of this is a skill. And the, learning those skills requires practice. You know, like hitting a golf ball, like swimming, like dancing, like playing the piano, doing math, some practice and repetition. So the most important thing to identifying and changing these beliefs is using your attention very well from a skilled observer perspective. And then you recover your willpower and you can express love and be happy. Most important thing is practice. Practice. That's the most important thing. Because altogether, it's a whole skill set. And what's really important is that you practice doing this. It's not something you're going to read a book and say, oh, I got it, and be really good at dismantling what's going on in the belief system of your mind. It's going to take practice. And that practice, that's the most important thing. That's what I'm trying to say here. Let's not get lost in the details of just this one item or the other item. It's a set of skills that you all bring together. And by bringing those individual skills together with good practice, then it's a lot easier to be happy. You can eliminate these emotional reactions and, and just express love at will. So in summary, what I'm trying to say is practice. That's the most important thing to be happy. Of course, important here that what you practice is really leading in the right direction. Okay, because you can practice a lot of things that don't work. You can practice a lot of things that 
are just better illusions. You can practice pumping up your ego. You can, you can practice affirmations, but you're not really changing the underlying beliefs. There's a lot of things you can practice that's taken you eh, kind of in a long path and create more suffering. So, you know, it's important to practice the right skills. Of course, in the myriad of books you can read and material out there, it's difficult to decipher, okay, what's really going to help me long-term? What feels good in the moment but doesn't help me long-term? What actually feels good in the moment but makes things worse? Because I'm telling myself a pretty story, but is actually setting myself up for disappointment later. How do I tell the difference? You know what? To get a clear idea of the best skills to practice, you need good guidance. By luck, you stumble across the right book or program. You get a good mentor, a coach, a guide, and they walk you through because they've traveled that path. Some kind of guidance from someone who's been there and done it is invaluable. Some kind of guidance from someone who's been there, done that, and guided people through that kind of process. Very valuable. And because a person's guided themselves through the process and they've created love and happiness in their life, it doesn't mean they've yet developed the skills to guide other people. And there's guidance that's maybe worked for somebody, won't necessarily work for you. Because they did it their way with the skills they had, that process may or may not work for you. Each person has their own set of beliefs, their own particular resistance structure that has to be overcome, things that they will latch onto that will work as tools for them because of the way that it holds their interest or the way that they learn. So you're going to have to temper what good guidance is for you. But that guidance, some kind of system that can guide you to developing the skills that you need to become the observer, recover your personal power, identify and change these unconscious beliefs so you can eliminate unpleasant emotional reactions and express love and you can be happy. Guidance in doing that, I have to say, for me, the most important thing. Because I would not have figured all that stuff out on my own. I was very blessed to have some great guidance. And probably the most important thing. Because without that, I wouldn't have been practicing the right skills and developing those skills. To recovering personal power and mastering control of attention, things like that. So that guidance, invaluable. Absolutely. Of course... I didn't go looking for guidance. Nobody goes looking for guidance uh, when they really are at a point where they end up unhappy in their adult life. When we're kids, we're happy. We don't need guidance. We're doing it naturally. But then we go through the myriad of things in our life and we stumble and fall and end up miserable at some point and go, how the hell did I get here? But by that point, we're usually successful and accomplished. And we tend to think, well, I can figure stuff out on my own. And we go reading books and things like that. Of course, our mind has created such a ego, a self-important system of, oh, if I just have the right ideas, I can do this on my own. And so we're trying to make ourselves happy and learning all these skills from books, convinced that not only 
can I do this on my own? But I have to. Our ego's bent on not asking for help. It's associated that with being weak. It's associated that with failing. A sense of rugged individualism in this culture. That that's the way we're supposed to do it. So we have that belief. And so we don't ask for help. We don't go looking for good, clear guidance in dismantling our belief system. And what skills do we need to develop? You know, we, we resist asking for help because we have this belief we're, we're weak, we're a failure. If we do and we are smart enough and capable enough, we should figure this out our, on our own. And so we've got these kind of beliefs that leverage us, that keep us from asking for help or even looking for a, a better way and getting good guidance to learning these skills that will lead to happiness. So before you can ever get good guidance, you kind of have to overcome this unwillingness to ask or look for help. You have to come to a point of looking at what's going on in your belief system. It's like, I don't know how to change what's going on in my mind. And my mind can't tell me because, you know, it's the very mechanism that's keeping me trapped in this same pattern. So we have to look beyond what's going on in our own mind for help. And breaking that so that we can ask for guidance, which is the most important thing. And getting good guidance being the most important thing. You know, be willing to ask. It's a critical step. You're not going to get good guidance, which is the most important thing. Unless, of course, you know, you're willing to. So you have to break that barrier first. So that that's more important, really, in the beginning than getting good guidance, is you have to be willing. Of course, you're only really willing, usually, after some kind of humbling experience. You know, for me, it was the end of a relationship and disillusionment and career. Finally realizing this isn't working and I'm not happy. And, and I don't know what I'm even doing wrong here anymore. I've got to figure out what's going in my mind and change how my mind makes decisions and creates emotions. And I've never done that process before. At the time, I didn't even know anybody who did. But I started reading books and I found a mentor, gave me good guidance. But, you know, that critical turning point for me was disillusionment. I wasn't ready for change and willing to look for guidance and help because before that disillusionment, I thought I knew everything. You know, I could give answers to everybody about whatever their problem was. But, you know, when I became unhappy and I was in misery and doing drama in my relationships, I didn't know how to change that. Sure, I had answers for other people and how they should change their lives as if I knew everything. But it was that humbling experience of, you know, I'm unhappy. I'm doing drama in my relationships. This has got to change. And I don't even know how I'm doing it, much less how to change it. That's when I took a humbling look inward and said, I need help. So more important than finding good guidance is, you know, that has to be preceded by some humbling experience where we, we recognize, you know what, I don't have the answers. I haven't done this process before. And unfortunately, that comes about because of some humbling disillusionment 
It's often painful. It can be a lot of drama in relationship. It could be a loss of a loved one, uh, collapse in a career. You know, some generally emotional painful experience that surprises us and and rattles our belief system where we're like, you know, the world is not the way I thought it was. I'm not what I thought I was. Uh, there's some disparity between our belief system and our reality that says, you know, I need to look inward. That, that is a critical point in the process because without that, we, we don't go seeking help. We don't find skillful guidance to tell us what to pay attention to and what skills to learn to change these underlying unconscious beliefs that are causing us misery. So that disillusionment, painful experience is an important part of the awakening process. And it's really the most important thing. If you're ever going to take that journey to be happy. You know what? Let me reframe that. More important than that, I'm talking about this painful emotional experience as if you have to go through it. You don't. You don't. What's important is commitment. Commitment. Because what really comes out of that painful emotional experience is to be happy no matter what. To end the drama in our lives. It's like to stop getting caught up in emotional reactions or stop doing self-sabotaging behaviors. That commitment to eliminate that emotional drama and to be happy and experience love and have our relationships based in love. You know, it's that commitment that comes out of that emotional pain. You don't have to have that emotional pain and disillusionment. What you really need is the commitment. It doesn't always come out of emotional pain. You can just decide. This is what I'm going to get rid of in my life, the emotional drama. This is what I'm going to do to be happy. I want to live my life in relationships in love and respect and acceptance. It's the commitment that's important. You don't have to have the disillusionment. That's not the most important thing. Forget I said that. I got carried away. What's really important is the commitment. That's what I'm trying to say here about all that drama. It's the commitment that gets you motivated, that keeps you on track to practicing the skills so that you can identify and change beliefs and are willing to recover the willpower that you need in the form of faith so you can maintain an observer position in your perspective and dismantle these beliefs and be present with your emotions to transform that whole emotional experience of your life so you can be happy. That's what I'm saying. Commitment is the key. That's the most important thing because it's going to keep you showing up day after day. That's what I'm saying here. Commitment. Most important thing. Yes, commitment's going to eventually lead you to the right guidance and the right mentor in the process to guide you through this in a way that works for you. That's what I'm trying to say. Of course, where does that commitment come from, right? I mean, why, why do we get so motivated? I mean, we, we become aware. We become aware of the drama that we're doing, the pain that it's causing us. But that's not enough. We're also aware that something else is possible, that we can be happy. 
that we want to be happy. It's a yearning inside of us. I want to be happy. I want to have love in my relationships. That intrinsic desire for love and happiness uh, with an awareness of, I don't want to do drama anymore. That awareness of this is how we live our lives and this is how we can change our lives. That awareness opens our eyes to the fact that we have choices. We have choices. An awareness of what emotional pain is versus what love and happiness are. You know, only with awareness do we perceive the emotional pain and drama we can create and say, you know what, I'm not going to do that anymore. That's awareness at work. Awareness at work is like, you know what, whatever work I do, this commitment I'm putting towards things, towards change and practice, this is worth it in the long run. That kind of perspective is something we can only have with awareness. Awareness gives us that perspective, that commitment and the practice is worth it in the long run, that developing these skills take time and it will keep us going. Okay, Awareness is part of what will keep us in the observer state. Awareness is what allows us to stay present with our emotions. It's awareness that, that guides us through this whole process and is an, a fundamental element in every aspect of being present with our emotions, being an observer of them, an observer of our belief system so we can identify and change these beliefs. It's awareness that helps us keep control of our attention so that we can dissolve those beliefs and recover that personal power to help us refrain from falling into emotional reactions. It's awareness that tells us what good guidance is and, and who's a sound mentor and who's not and what's a good book and what's a tool that will help us and when is that tool helpful and when is that tool not being helpful? It's awareness that keeps us vigilant and practicing these skills. It's awareness that guides us over this resistance to even asking for help. It's awareness that when we have that tough experience, then we see at the end of it to say, you know what? Emotionally, okay, that was painful, but let me look at what was the real cause instead of the symptoms. It's awareness that guides us through this whole process. And that, that's the most important element to your happiness in this whole process. You know, all these other things, I apologize, I got all wrapped up in details. I don't know what I was thinking. I just, I get excited sometimes. I take off on a rant. Uh, all those things are important, but the most important thing, the element fundamental to all of this, bringing this all together, is awareness. And, and really, an awareness of love, that love is possible, that we've experienced love and happiness somewhere in our life. An awareness of the yearning and desire we have for it again. I mean, that love, an awareness of that love, is a motivator. It's what keeps us going. It's our nature. We experienced it as kids. Some people remember it. That we felt that way as children. 
Some people don't. By the time I was an adult and in the muck, stressed out at my job and drama in my relationship, I didn't remember what that joy felt like as a kid. Uh, I had to go recover it. When I started to feel it again, I was like, wow. I want to feel like this all the time. You know, awareness of that love. That's what was motivating. That feeling of love was motivating. It took me a while to find it again. But that love, the experience of love, that awareness of that love, that lit my fire to keep me motivated and in action and practicing even when the days were tough. The memory of that love and experiences, even if they were intermittent and small in the beginning, that motivated me. And wait, love, love grows awareness. That experience of love expands our awareness. It expands our understanding of what's possible and keeps us looking. And wait, that love, that experience of love, more important than awareness because it actually feeds awareness. It makes us grow consciously. You know, so more important than awareness is love. That, that's what I want to say here. That's the most important thing. Because, you know, if you experience love or you just have the desire for love, if you're miserable and you're unhappy and you're, you're, you're full of fear, you just have the desire to get rid of that. That's also the same as desire for love. And that desire for love, that will grow your awareness. You, you, you become enlivened and passionate about change. That's fuel to grow awareness that will lead to change. Because you're willing to overcome that resistance to ask for help. Okay, you're willing to go through the tough times and the humbling experience and say, I want to feel a different way. I want to be happy. And so you'll seek out good guidance. You'll seek out a mentor. You'll seek out a system that will help you navigate uh, this myriad of unconscious beliefs in your mind. You'll be motivated to practice more and more. You'll practice skills because of that desire that love feeds. You'll develop the skills just because you'll practice. You'll develop the skills to pay attention, be an observer, identify false beliefs that are lurking in your mind unconsciously. You'll dig them out. You'll root them out because you're inspired by love to pay attention at what unhappiness you're creating and how. And that love will inspire you to take action and you'll recover the personal willpower that's in all those false beliefs causing your unhappiness. And you become strengthened and more disciplined. And that love, when you're present with your emotions, even whatever the myriad of them are that are uncomfortable, you're present with them. You're present with them in a state of love. That's what's amazing about that transformative process of being present with your emotions. Even the unpleasant ones is when you are present with them in a state of love. That's what's changing that whole emotional state of drama. It's love. That's the most important thing. Love is the fuel for more awareness. That's what I'm trying to say here. Love is the most important thing. Because that will inspire you to do everything else. And sometimes we don't even feel love, we just feel the misery. But knowing that we don't want to be unhappy anymore, 
and doing something about it, that's an action based in love, even if you don't feel that emotion. And all you feel is misery and pain and emotional suffering. That action, to say, I'm not doing the pain and suffering anymore, that in itself is based in love. It's, it's essentially an expression from our integrity, from when we were children, of, I love myself enough to make these changes. I love myself so much, I will make these changes. I don't know how I'm going to not do it anymore. I haven't figured that one out. You haven't figured out all these other skills you need to learn, and resistances and obstacles to overcome and willpower to recover. You haven't figured that out yet. But just the commitment to change what you're doing, even if you don't feel the emotion, that commitment is based in love. And that's why love is the most important thing, the most important element to your happiness. I hope that's clear. This is Gary Van Wormerdam with the Awareness and Consciousness Podcast from PathwayToHappiness.com with hopefully a simple explanation of what's the most important element to your happiness. And if you are interested in some simple, practical exercises and actions you can take to develop these skills uh, and develop your awareness and grow your connection with love and master your emotions. There's a number of very straightforward practical exercises in the self-mastery course on my website. You can sign into the membership area and begin checking out that program. The first few sessions are free and then decide if it makes sense to you to continue. You can also order my book, MindWorks, which is a guide to identifying and changing these negative thoughts, beliefs, and emotional reactions. The book MindWorks is available at your online retailers like Kindle, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes. With a special thanks to Kevin Nealon at Saturday Night Live for a takeoff on his style of humor. Thanks.